Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome, welcome in, Steve. Welcome in, man. <laughs> and right away, and like Flynn. Um, all right, so it is Saturday, and um, hey, Jeremy, what's going on, man? Uh, hopefully, that information on the Twitter DM helped out, but um, yeah, we're gonna be talking about the rainbow sim from uh, Boost Infinite that a lot of people are starting to discuss on the various different platforms. Uh, what they're talking about, love shorty trip, and um, you know, just kind of giving some realization to it. Um, you know, I am going to go into talk about the Pixel 5, 6, and 7 as my daily drivers and how I have those set up. Um, so that's also in the works. And um, then there's a retro gaming emulator that I got on my PC that I've just been... It's been <laughs> consuming a lot of my free time, um, which is called RetroArc. And I'll talk a little bit about it. Maybe I'll pop it up on here and show you guys what it looks like. Um for those that are, you know, uh, around my generation for like the days of Nintendo, Sega, Commodore 64 and such. It's got a, it's got a ton of uh it's got a ton of like emulators in it. So, it's probably pretty good. Is it an all-in-one sim? Uh, we're going to pretty much uh talk about that. So, we'll we'll get we'll get a little bit into that. I'm kind of mad that my S21 FE doesn't have eSIM support. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That is, but I mean, um, yeah, I don't know too much about the Galaxy devices. Um, it does have eSIM though, I am going to assume. <clears throat> it's just not unlocked. Is that one of the devices that Samsung did not unlock its capabilities for eSIM? Yeah, I got. I kind of got like a sore tummy today, so <clears throat> don't mind me. I am drinking uh, some ginger ale to keep my my stomach calm. And um, shout out to those that watched uh, last night's quick quick vlog video. Um, it was crazy. <clears throat> I'll give you guys a backstory to that. Uh, why you know I wanted to share in the moment. First of all, I consider all of you guys as my extended family, so. Um, just to share in a moment, you know, my kids were pretty happy. My second oldest son was extremely happy just because, um, you know, he's been looking for a, a PS5 for a while and they've just been sold out, right? PS5s are very hard to find. Um, so I found one yesterday. I was just, you know, I was, uh, <clears throat> I took the kids out to eat, to eat some dinner and then dropped them off at home. And then, um, I just decided to, you know, browse and found out that a GameStop locally in my city had PS5s in stock. They had both the discless and then the, the ones with that support discs. And so I went and got it, got, um, a year warranty on it to protect it. And I was like, Hey, you know, that <clears throat> like, like, like today let, let's be the make a wish foundation family <laughs> because my my oldest daughter always wanted her own laptop you know she's uh 12 years old going on 13. <clears throat> yes it's pretty windy outside so if you guys hear the wind blow my apologies um but yeah she has always wanted her own laptop so i you know i stopped off um over at wally world and picked her up her own laptop for her to uh you know do her class assignments because she can log into google classroom and uh do her assignments and um all that good stuff so 
And uh, both both my youngest one, my youngest daughter and my youngest son, they wanted their own, you know, Nintendo Switch, and they wanted a Switch Lite. Uh, and um, so my wife and I went, and uh, like we we got my youngest son his Switch Lite yesterday, like not yesterday, but the day before yesterday. Um, and so we surprised my youngest daughter with her own. Uh, she thought that they were gonna have to share that Switch that my youngest son got, and so. Um, but you know that's always been my thing. My thing is always, um, always to make kids happy, not spoil them rotten like like they get all these things without earning and stuff like that, right? Like I know Brian, you said yesterday that like you know I was a generous father just for for doing that. But like my oldest son, uh, he really really helps out, right? Like when I was working in office um, at uh, Consumer Cellular, and my wife was working, you know, at her job, you know, he pretty much took the brunt, like. I don't want my kids to have to grow up fast. So it was a pretty tough spot to pretty much have my second oldest son who is um, 17, uh, pretty much look after his siblings, you know, which is like uh, not only just watching them to make sure that they're safe and that they do their homework and stuff, but also, you know, that um, at times he would have to cook dinner for them because both myself and my wife weren't home to be able to do that. And, and at the same time too, he has a part-time job. You know, so he makes his own money to buy his own things and such. And um, sorry for the loud shake inside the movie table. I'm very OCD like that. What's up, coffee? Welcome in. Um, so, so uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's it's been a it's just been a hectic year. Um, this this past year, 2022, has been very very tough on my family. Um. I try not to to broadcast too much, you know, since uh, you know you have trolls that come in, and and when you try to be genuine and open and, and be open with with uh, your extended family, then you got trolls that come in and they take that information and start, you know, just start messing with everybody, right? Um, and so yeah, I've been really just kind of keeping it myself and just not um, uh, not broadcasting too much of like my stress or anything like that. And so, yeah, 2022 was pretty rough. So because um, all of them, you know, they bunker down, they held in, you know, they uh, support for one another and, you know, just, I'm just proud of them. I'm just absolutely proud of them. I love my kids. They're the most important thing to me in the world. And um, yeah, people will judge. Yeah, people will judge. Well, it's not really a judgment thing, right? You know, cause like most of like, like the last time there was a troll that popped in on my live stream and said that, that really messed up thing about you know my wife and everything like that like they're not really judging me there they just want to get under my skin right um i'm not too worried about it though i mean but yeah it, it, it's it's always gonna happen so anyways um, we're about eight minutes in into the live stream let's go ahead and talk about this rainbow sim this rainbow sim that um i was able to find like an image i don't know if this is a true image of it so let me share right now screen and uh we have it like right here um so uh there's a youtube video that's talking about it. they use uh i i, I want to say that this is the sim why is it every time i go live like life has to happen right helicopter flies by <laughs> it's always over my path give it a second for it to fly by my gosh anyways 
So, I mean, like, for me, I have a little bit of a concern. And I'm pretty sure I know the answer to the question in my head. And I'm going to share that answer to the question in my head to everybody here. So, um, I, I don't know if, if uh, you know, a lot of Boost Infinite customers are going to have to get a new SIM card sent out to them. Uh, personally, I'm going to say this, that I don't, um, this is not that I feel like that I have to get. And I'll tell you the reason why. So I guess uh, with the Boost Rainbow Sim, right? Um, Boost Infinite. Uh, basically, this is. Um, so I first of all, let, let me correct myself in in what I was wrong about, right? Like um, I think I was asked on the Boost Infinite Facebook um, page that I created. I, I was asked if we would have to get new SIM cards, and I answered no. Um, so I was wrong. Uh, apparently, I guess we're gonna have to get new SIM cards, right? Um, to be able to support dishes. Um, native 5g what up carlos welcome in and um and i'm wrong about that because i mean that's what the rainbow sim is right the rainbow sim is basically just to kind of give you access um be able to do that dynamic switching okay oh never mind carlos cleared it up Thank you, Carlos. Appreciate it. So, okay, so I was right then. So we wouldn't need new SIM cards. We would just, uh, they would just have to update the SIM profile. But I'm going to forewarn people because I don't want people to kind of trip out and be like, okay, you know, I'm like, I've been updated. Why am I not, you know, why am I not picking up Dish uh, data for a 5G, you know, connection? And that's just because your phone has to be able to support the um, Dish's bands, right? Sorry, it's needed on here. He's probably going to kill me for this. I forgot it. I know one of them is N70. Carlos, do you know what the other um, the other uh, 5G band that Dish is putting out that your phone needs to be able to, to be compatible with in order to pick up on it? Because like I know for a fact, I double checked on my Pixel 7. The Pixel 7 is not going to pick up on on Dish at all. It doesn't support N70. Um, and there's another one. Is it N290 or N260 or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but. Your device needs to be able to pick up on that. Now, I know that um, if you have a physical SIM, you will need a new SIM. Okay, so yeah, I have a physical SIM, so I would need it. So basically, a lot of a lot of those I signed up with Boost Infinite on um, on Android devices are going to need a new SIM card. Those that went with the uh, with the eSIM on iPhone, um, your profile would just get updated. That's basically what Carlos is stating. <clears throat> so. Um, Anyways, um, but but even then, your phone still has to be able to support Dish's native 5G. It would have to support N70, and there's another band. Um, I'm hoping it's going to pop up here in the chat so I can just show it to everybody. Oh, there we go. Oh, N71. Okay. This is why it's awesome to have Carlos here. N71, N66, N70, N2, N29, N48, and N26. And my Pixel 7 only up on n71 and n66 and i do want to say n48 uh but n70 and n29 it will not pick up on so i do know that the solero 5g plus the new solero phone that just came out which is funny because um there's <laughs> i was talking about this uh on various social platforms and on snapchat and such and there was somebody that literally thought it was the same phone and i had to explain to them like it's not the same solero 5g that came out two years ago uh this one 
the, the Solera 5G Plus is an actual different phone, and uh, it's a much bigger phone. I'm not gonna get it. Um, and although I, I do have to commend uh, Boost Mobile for beefing up, or at least choosing you know better spec, like better hardware to put in into um, into uh, your um, into their Solero. Right, so they switched away from using a MediaTek processor, moving on over to the Snapdragon 695G. Um, so you're gonna get, you know, obviously um, better processing performance with that that device, and of course, image processing is gonna be good as well as I I want to say mobile connectivity is gonna be better with the Snapdragon modem. You're gonna get much better, but obviously so because it does support a lot of these bands that Carlos just named. And I'll just I'll leave this chat up here so people can see what bands I'm talking about when I reference it. But um, yeah, it, it you know that phone obviously it's gonna it's gonna pick up on on a lot of these bands that is required in order to have like the full scale of connectivity with Boost Infinite. So um, it is available on BoostMobile.com right now. The phone itself, if you port your number in, you get it for one hundred and forty nine ninety nine. Um, and it is on the Boost Infinite website as well. So it retails for like $289.99. It is one of the one of the cheapest phones on Boost Infinite to get that's going to support um the in, entire entire spectrum of it. So uh does the iPhone support all these bands? Um one women say yes. Uh, uh Carlos will probably know that because Carlos is uh, very knowledgeable. He's more. He's way more knowledgeable in iPhones than I am. Yeah, seven, yeah, seven-inch display on um, on the the Solera 5G Plus. And it's like you know they 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 did a lot of minor um, upgrades on the Solera 5G Plus. Honestly, I want to say that they you know when they handed out Solera 5Gs to a lot of content creators, like I myself got one. Um, Carlos got a couple of them. I know Sneed got one too as well, I believe. And uh, we did our we did our reviews on them. Um, I think they listened to a lot of, of what you know we said and made adjustments to uh, to the Solero brand phones um, because this one right now, I mean, on the downside, I guess to keep the pricing low, they went with Gorilla Glass three, and I don't I don't understand why. But uh, the back is actually made out of glass this time, too, as well. Rather than on the Solero 5G, um, that is plastic. I've dropped the Solero 5G on it. Uh, like, I mean, I, I've stated it before. The, the front glass shattered on my Solero that I got from Boost Mobile. The back hit the ground, too, as well, and that didn't shatter. So that tells me that that's plastic. Uh, the iPhone 14, yes, not the 13 series. So the iPhone 14 and above obviously are going to support all these bands. Um, the iPhone 13s and under will support some of these. I do want to say, you know, at least N66 and 48. Um, yeah. So I mean, um, basically, like all like all these things are coming at us, right? Like 2023, I want to say is the year that that new players enter the game. When it comes to competing in the telecom industry, right? Yeah, Mobile X that's that that's entered in, and it's coming in with a different perspective on you know on what's best for the customer. You got Boost Infinite coming in, and you know, kind of like becoming that carrier to compete against Google Fi and um, you know, and other um, other companies but mostly i want to say on google fi side just because of the fact you know with the dynamic switching that boost infinite brings 
maybe later on this year. Fingers crossed that it's still happening later on this year. Um, you know, and Google Fi doing that as well. Like it has always been doing that. It's always been doing. It's what calls smart switch, switching between networks depending on which is the uh, the best um, at at the area that you're at, right? The one that gives the best signals and everything like that. So, like for me, um, my daily driver devices, like I stated in the title, the Pixel Five, Six, and Seven, right? I'm using all three phones right now, uh, but these phones. Wouldn't get the full capacity of what Boost Infinite is going to offer. So I know that if I was to do anything like the test, like the data latency, and to say like, hey, you know what, like you know, the the data latency is is on the good side, or if it's you know, if the ping is like tremendously high, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I'd be able to, I wouldn't be able to say that the full capacity wise. You know what I mean? Uh, because a lot of the bands that the Pixel 7 does support already, I mean, that that, that wouldn't be like a gigantic change. Um, other than like if it was able to still do the dynamic switching between a T-Mobile and um, AT&T and, and Dish, uh, that I would be able to, you know, switch between. But these days, um, it's pretty cool. It, it's pretty cool that I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it because it's kind of genuinely how I felt about like you know speed testing and stuff like that like you get a base of like what you could possibly get it doesn't necessarily mean that you know your quality of network is always going to be that right and and it's proven because i have boost mobile on the expanded t-mobile network and i can pull speed tests all day long on my pixel 6 with that line and i'll get 500 down i'll get you know 60 70 on the uplink and I'll, I'll try to hold a live stream right now and it would get super glitchy and stuttery. And that's just because the quality of the network can't hold my live stream. Right now I'm live streaming on Visible. I have Visible downloaded and uh, the eSIM downloaded on my Pixel 5. Since my Pixel 5 is not one that I'm like using for a lot of things, I'll use it to live stream off of. I'll use it as, you know, my it, it's my video camera to record videos and such, right? And I can edit on that phone and upload from that phone with visible active service on it. And uh, that's what's actually hosting this live stream right now. I have the hotspot on 5x5 five five and it's holding this live stream right now. Um, I'm going to say it's like 100% wonderful or, you know, any of that, just because I know if I turn on the video feed, it may kind of like start to make it a little wonky, but it's still better than what I would get um, on the T-Mobile network access. And I'm not hating on T-Mobile. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I'm just being real about it. Like when uh, when, when you got Carlos here talking about network quality, you got uh, Ricky talking about network quality. They're not, you know, they're not joking with people. Like you can have all the speeds in the world, but it don't mean anything if your network can't host the things that you want to do like i want to start retro gaming live streaming on here you know this is why i downloaded um a, a software on my pc called retro arc and it has it has a boatload a boatload of freaking uh emulators and i'll show you guys here in a minute let me just kind of stop sharing real quick i wish visual was uh 10 by 10. yeah that would be nice right 10 by 10 would be you know that'll definitely that'll definitely get the blood flowing It's called time to content. Quality of network matters, not sweet test. Yeah, no, I know, what you, I know what you mean, Brian, about the hotspot on on uh, on Visual. Yeah, me too. Um, obviously, 
who wouldn't want 10 by 10 all day you know i still won't complain right now even with the five by five i mean you guys tell me like the quality of my live stream right now let me know if it if it you know if it's decent and passable you know if it if it's uh if it's super trash be honest and tell me it's just <laughs> Is I want to show you guys this. Hopefully, I'm into uh, guys. I don't have the most pro laptop either, so that also can be to the fact. Let's see. Oh yeah, I can. Here we go. So there is a uh, there's RetroArch. That's uh, the software I'm running on this on this laptop. On uh, my my Asus or Asus or whatever people call it. I just call it an Asus. This is a this is a software and it, it's called RetroArc, and it's pretty simple. As you see, um, you have like uh, as right here, like load core, load content. Um, <clears throat> it's got all these configurations because this wear has a a ton. It has a ton of um, of emulators. So like when you go into load core, you You'll see, like I have like arcade um, FB Alpha 2012 TPS-1. This is a this is the emulator. Um, I have a Super Nintendo emulator right here. It's using a um, SNES 9X. Um, I have a Genesis player here. So we have a Genesis Plus GX. This is a widescreen mode. They have the non-widescreen mode, which is this one right here. And I, I try playing a mode. Oh, yeah, no, my, no uh, the Pixel 5 is in, a, is in a decent place for it to stay cool. It's cold outside today. It's not in direct sunlight or anything like that. I have it open where, you know, wind can keep continuously low on it. So it's, it's a good spot. Um, yeah, I tried using the uh, the wide wide angle on, um, on the, the Genesis Plus um, GX wide and it, i wouldn't recommend it just because it starts making your sides look weird <laughs> so just use a regular one uh but if you know they have a ton of different emulators if i was to it's gonna start getting one because i click to do a download core <clears throat> i was a little static with sound okay that would be my microphone because i don't have the the wind guard on uh, my microphone right now so it's gonna pick up every little bit of sound that's why I have it like a good distance away from from like my throat. Um, that way, you know, it, it's not it's not that far away. So anyways, these are all the different emulators that I have. Well, not I have, but I have access to. Like we have a FB Alpha 2012 Neo Geo, so you can download Neo Geo games, start playing on there. Uh, um, there's different Atari emulators, Atari Linux. Um, we have uh, uh, some of these I've never heard of. I don't know exactly what they do. I know what the Commodore do. So you have both the you have the emulator Amiga for Commodore, uh, C64, Frodo. So you have like different emulators for Commodore 64. Uh, um, there's a uh, DOS uh, emulators right there, Electronica, Fairchild, Channel F. I think these are all, and they're they're made to play video games. With class like retro games probably top games um we're starting to get into the uh 
Nintendo ones. So you have like Nintendo 3DS or Super Nintendo. 2018 uh, version of uh, Citra, which is a 3DS uh, emulation. You had a um, DS, a Nintendo DS emulation, and um, different Game Boy, like Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Uh, we have the Nintendo Wii, uh, GameCube, and Wii, so they have an uh, emulator for Wii and GameCube games. And then you have uh, the NES, so both the U.S. Uh, use your mic on your laptop. The building one, bro, you're clipping that. Am I really? The one on the uh, on the laptop is very low. So I don't know if I want to use it. So maybe if I just put a put a disc between me and the mic, it should be a little better. It's probably it probably is my picture right now because I'm running this retro laptop. Maybe that's why. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get this free quick. Anyways, I'll close this out so that way it's not it's not stressing. The wind is blowing right now too. But um, anyways, with with a retro arc, you guys can download it for yourselves. You guys can check it out. Uh, but it, it has a ton of uh, emulators binded to it, and you download them as cores. As you download them as cores, you create folders specifically for that that emulator. And you load them in. So anytime you open up RetroArch, you go to a specific emulator and you run it. Yeah, so it was because I had RetroArch open. It was probably, you know, making things sluggish. Because uh, RetroArch does access the internet too as well. But um, when you use that, um, yeah, you just, you just create specific folders for specific um, consoles. And you bind it to that core. So when you open RetroArch and you load the core... It loads all the game libraries for it. So, like, I've been like a madman over the last three days. I've been downloading every uh, Nintendo game, even the ones that back then when I was a kid, and I was like, yo, this game sucks. <laughs> I'm downloading those games, and I'm playing it just for the hell of it. Um, and, it and it runs it good. It really does. Um, you, got, you, you don't need a super powerful uh, computer or super powerful laptop to run these games. Like, I have, I would consider this laptop that I have a mediocre laptop, and it's it's running it, and it runs N64, it runs a uh, PlayStation, you know, one, two, um, it runs these games good. Yeah, but um, yeah. So going back, you know. How does this like how um basically all of it how, how it all goes down, right? Because <laughs> I don't know. I I I like old school video games. I mean today's games are okay, you know. My my kids um they're about to enter into a challenge with me. I don't know if I'm gonna like video record it and you know this challenge. But the challenge is cause my you know, my youngest son, he thinks that he's amazing at every Sonic game. Now, he hasn't really played a Sonic game. He plays, uh, like, he has a Sonic the Hedgehog character in one of those uh, old, one of those games they play online. I don't know if it's Fortnite or what, or Roblox or something. Anyways, so he's about he's about to challenge. So he gets one crack at it. So um, I guess the day that he and I do it, we're going to sit outside in the backyard and do it because... Like I'm gonna like I chose the title Sonic and Knuckles. 
from Sega Genesis, and I'm gonna play that from the first level as far as I can get on one try, one shot, one life, right? So if I die, that's my stop point. Um, and he's gonna do the same thing. And I told him, <laughs> I was like, I wasn't trying to be me, but I told him, I was like, I put you at getting past stage one. <laughs> stage one, I give you that. Because they're not used to the way that, that old, the old school games were and how old old school games, you know, did things, right? Like they're used to save points and, and you know, just making things a little bit more easier for them. Well, no, no, like you think about Nintendo games and, and how hard they were, there were no save points, there was nothing. So my daughters think that they're going to kill it on Super Mario. Not, not not Super Mario Brothers 3, not Super Mario World, the very first original Super Mario Bros. And they think they're going to kill it on there. And I've been watching them. I know that they've been, been researching the game because they've already learned about the hidden the hidden warp pipes at the end. Like when you go to like uh, World 1 Stage 2, which is kind of underground, you have those those uh, those warping pipes, right? They warp you to World 3, World 4, World 5. And then when you get to those worlds and you do the same thing on their second stage, you find those warp pipes. It takes you, it can, you can fast track it all the way to the, nearly to the end of the game. And I know they're stacked because I know that's what they're gonna, they're about to pull. Hey, not today. So, anyways, you know, them OG games are not easy. No, they're really not. When you kind of think about it, I mean, if you were, if you know, I don't know if you guys remember that movie. What was it called? Uh, the Wizard, the one about the autistic kid who joins a, a Nintendo um, a Nintendo uh, entertainment uh, uh, contest. And basically the movie was just one big ad for Super Mario Brothers 3, right? Because in that movie, alongside of the Nintendo Power Glove, they also unveiled the first ever scene of Super Mario Brothers 3. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of think about like all these games, how hard they are and everything, right? Um, they, they were. What up, Oscar? Welcome in. <laughs> Do 20 pushes if they want another crack at it. The only one that I know that could hand that will handle it just fine is my oldest son. Uh, my oldest son, because he he's into retro games. So not only does he play the games that he plays currently today. But he plays retro games, and the reason why he's been really big on it, um, him and his class are currently, so I want to say after this summer, he's a senior. So he has until, uh, so in 2024, 2024 is where him and, and uh, three of his friends are going to unveil the game they've been working on their entire high school uh, years. So he's in Coding Academy, which is, you know, it's adjacent to Central High School. But what it really is, is like you kind of take the best of both worlds. So he has classes that has to do with uh, with software engineering, computing and and uh, design. And he also takes his regular high school courses. Right. And so he's like doing double duty in that school. But he, he's totally fine. He can he, he can handle it. He's been doing great. His grades have been has been just outstanding. Uh, but in the beginning of his freshman year, him and his friends, they they uh, chose to be a group, and they're currently working on a video game. And they've been they've been developing this video game for the last uh, two and a half, almost three years. And um, 
they are to present it in their senior year, right? So they, what they don't know, the school is having them really kind of like know what it's like to design and develop video games, right? Because we don't develop video games just out of thin air. A person doesn't come up with an idea for a video game and it comes into fruition in like two or three months later, right? I don't even know if most people know this, but like most of the Legend of Zelda games, so like I was, my second favorite Zelda game, so my all-time favorite is Ocarina of Time, but um, Twilight Princess is uh, my second favorite. What most people don't know is that Twilight Princess and even um, Skyward Sword, it took like seven years to develop those games. So technically, you know, when Twilight Princess released, it was in development seven years pri um, prior to that. Crazy. Um, so they really are getting a, they really are getting an idea of just it's like um, to actually design and build a video game and uh, their game while it kind of, it kind of does throw back to retro games uh for the design and how and what they use to build it it is quite fun i i can tell people i've sampled some of the demos and i wish that my son's game was an actual game that's downloadable i mean they are going to put it to become downloadable when they graduate high school which would be next year and i think you know i think some people will enjoy it can't tell you guys what it is i'm not putting it out there i'm you know protecting my sons uh and his friends uh, privacy on their game their design and what what it's about and stuff like that all i can say is is that it's it's really good I can't stay playing uh, the new games. I get bored. <laughs> no games. I'm stuck on all day long. I still have my NES and been playing Mario. 3. Yeah, Mario Three is awesome. Mario Three, I think. Um, so Super Mario Bros. will always be recognized, even though like that's not when the characters originally first came into the game, right? Because um, both Mario and Luigi were actually first in Donkey Kong. Um, that was the game they originally launched in. And then they got their own spin-off game, Super Mario Brothers, and they built an entire story based around uh, the Mario Brothers. So, but uh, Mario 3 is where it really took things to get real interesting. I mean, graphics, uh, the world graphics was good. Um, I've, I obviously felt like they downscaled the character graphics on that one. The sprites just weren't, I don't know, still better than the first one. But uh, you had different worlds, uh, different, you know, you had a, a, a map, a top view map of the worlds you were in, choosing levels that you would go after. And it just really just got out there. Mike Tyson's punch out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah. And it was funny, too, because uh, when, when Nintendo had released, um, you know, the uh, Nintendo's, uh, the, the Nintendo Wii, and they started releasing those uh, those figures that were also um, the Amiibos. It was funny because uh, I had gotten my kids those, and uh, Little Mac was in there. And nobody really knew who Little Mac was. They had to Google him to find out that he is the character in, uh, you know, in, in uh, the uh, Punch-Out game and Super Punch-Out. He is the generic boxer you play as that you got to take on on uh, the entire roster. Uh yeah, his name is Little Matt. Madden, um, it was like 
<laughs> Madden is one of those games where like I just could not play that game with my friends because we're all a bunch of sore losers. <laughs> so, and we, we love to like we would have we would have Madden competitions at my house when I was when I was a kid. Uh, well, not really. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was a kid. I was in my twenties when I still consider myself a kid then, compared to you know. But anyways, yeah, we would we would have these competitions. Um, my friends would come over on the weekend. Uh, I like when I lived in Oklahoma near my dad. I had my house, and um, it was a three bedroom house. It was myself, my ex wife, and and my oldest son. And um, so my son had his own room. So another room in the house was just basically my uh as you can say my man cave because like i had a, a couch in there i had you know big screen tv i had a you know my dvd player and my uh at the time my ps2 n64 um sega dreamcast i had like, a bunch of different um stuff in there and yeah so we would come over they would bring beer chicken wings stuff like that and we would just have these competitions um it didn't, it didn't turn out well <laughs> <laughs> and you still on here i've always been here oscar i haven't gone anywhere i just don't have a i just don't have a schedule i didn't some people that like have followed my channel probably don't like that about me i don't have a schedule when i go live i just go live when i feel like it hey it's my wife hi babe love you very much i'm sad last couple of days she wasn't feeling well and so it was great just you know her being at home and me being able to take care of her. I've been making her laugh. I don't know if you guys ever seen the animated movie, The Bad Guys, but there's a guy, uh, a character name is Shark. And there's a scene where Shark dresses up to portray a woman because he's supposed to be like the master of disguise. And I've been making my my, life, my, my wife um, really crack up just because I've been imitating uh, the shark when the when they steal the, the uh, that dolphin statue award thingy and it falls out from the shark's dress he's like oh my baby <laughs> i've been making my wife crack up and she was just wasn't feeling good and I, I always like to make her smile so i've been like joking around with her but just mostly you know just taking care of her and hanging out with her it was great the last couple of days but uh, today she's back at work and so <laughs> so i miss her very much you know so um, another five and a half hours until she's off work so basically like another six six hours and 15 minutes till she's home yeah so yeah um so and the other reason why i got the retro arc system is because uh my wife also likes to play a lot of these uh these old school games um you're on a small break okay well, i'm glad you're on here i know you don't get much breaks at work um but she likes playing a lot of old school games too. And so now that I have this and like any game that she wants, I can download it from my various sources that I download the ROMs from. And the retro arc with the different emulators that it has as cores, I can run those games for her to play. Um, I'm trying to like look to find though, because every every ROM that I've downloaded for the game 1942, the tabletop airplane uh, shooter game, um, it has all been broken. Like once I download the file itself and you know I, I check it for malware and viruses and stuff like that, but then when you try to run the game, like it loads the title screen and then it scoffs and it freezes completely. So I got to try and find one so I can play because I like playing that game. And my that's one of my dad's favorite games to play. Like we used to go wash laundry and they would have 1942 tabletop 
because you know the tabletops also combined with you know um pac-man and my dad would like he would sit there and play that he would play that game while the clothes were drying and while he was playing that game i would play street fighter one like the very first street fighter game not street fighter world warriors but the very first one where player one was ryu and player two was ken and i have that game downloaded on my laptop to play it and yeah you would just like it was a fighting game it was either that or it was uh ninja gaiden for the uh, arcade i played that so um mr salmon was the hardest opponent to be <laughs> king hippo was uh a big accomplishment for me when i when i beat him for the first time <laughs> my favorite nes uh game is simon's quest castlevania 2. castlevania is one of those games where it's like i can really just talk about castlevania all day long because even the side ones right this is a very 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 unpopular opinion in the gaming community that i that i chatted i actually do like the lords of shadow series for castlevania even though that they're they're not they're not canon to the to the actual story of um of the belmont clan you know because when you play lords of shadow it, it twists everything into a different perspective so apparently gabriel belmont you know who um who was deceived um in his in his in his early life he was deceived uh into thinking he was doing god's work and in actuality he was doing the bidding of zobek who potentially wanted um he wanted basically he wanted to dethrone lucifer as like the king of hell and in essence right not going too descriptive into the story but uh gabriel belmont actually um falls so he is no longer god's champion used to vanquish evil he falls completely as he's also uh seduced by carmella who's a vampire and he himself becomes a vampire but becomes very powerful especially when he sits in uh on the throne in castlevania um uh, makes him the lord of darkness or the prince of darkness and he vanquished the lucifer out of earth sent him back to hell so lords of shadow one and lords of shadow two are like one of my favorites even though they're not canon um there's another one uh i want to say it's symphony of the night or aria sorrow uh but anyways yeah castlevania i, I love those games and even the fighting game too the one that came out on the nintendo wii so it was more of just like a combat version game like mortal Kombat and everything you pick different characters like simon belmont you picked um what's his name uh alucard which is funny because like for so long when i when 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 the character of alucard came out i already knew it was the name dracula spelled backwards but it just like it was funny when people discovered it and went online to post about it and i was like yeah <laughs> the, but castlevania I, I i totally dig that game um Paperboy, heck yeah. And that was a very, it was, Paperboy for me was like a pastime game to play when my dad would take us on long trips places because I would play it on Game Boy. And like the fat, beastly Game Boy with no color, but was also a hidden weapon. Because if you threw that Game Boy at somebody and clocked them dead in the head, it would stun them or probably even knock them out. That was like, that was a portable gaming brick. Quick question for you guys, for those for those of y'all that you know play games around for my generational time and everything like that. When it came to portable gaming, was it Game Boy or or was it Sega Game Gear that you rocked with? Because my my very first portable gaming console was a Sega Game Gear, and everyone used to tease me at school because while their Game Boy took I think four AA batteries, 
Mines took six. <laughs> My Sega Game Gear took six AA batteries, and it didn't even last that long. Like, if, if you played for hours, you can kill those batteries in, like, two days. Game Boy? All my friends had Game Boys. I was the odd man out. I had Sega Game Gear. So it's like, you can just imagine where my standpoint was. Like, yeah, I can sit there for days and argue with them. Um, all right, baby, I love you. Um, I'll hit you up on Snapchat. Like, I'll message you throughout your shift on Snap. Hopefully it's not busy today. You hated the Game Gear? I couldn't hate the Game Gear just because it brought in a... Uh, it brought in color. <laughs> uh, it brought in color. Um, so the Sega Game Gear, you had you had color games instead of it being, you know, just like that 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 greenish tint on the Game Boy. Um, I felt the graphics were the same be- between the Game Boy and the Sega Game Gear. Other people tell me I'm wrong and like the Game Gear's graphics was better. To me, it seems similar. Um, but the Game Gear also, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, that was my favorite game. Like, today, when, when uh, you know, people play on the Nintendo, um, the like, the, the Mario Olympics thing, where you have, like, Mario and Sonic, uh, we already had two people not show. Oh, man. Do you have to stay later, or are you still getting off at your same time? I don't know how the helicopter passes by. Yeah, it was greenish. Um, it looked black and white when you were playing it indoors, but if you went out in the sun, that thing became like Ninja Turtle green. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not dissing the Game Boy. The Game Boy was awesome, especially when Game Boy Color came out. Game Boy Color, I feel like, is what is what slightly defeated the Game Gear when that came out. And what made it even even more was when um, the Game Boy Advance came out. But the Game Gear, um, I wanted that because I'm a big fan of Sonic. When I play those uh, Mario versus uh, Sonic Olympics thing, I always play a Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog was my favorite game. Okay. All right, my love. Um, I'll message you on what on um, what I want to do after work when you get off work. So hopefully you're not too tired. If you are too tired, don't worry about it. We can snuggle. Just take care of those chicken littles. Yeah, Paperboard was awesome. Welcome in, uh, welcome in 291. Appreciate you for being in here. Paperboard was awesome. Uh, when I finally got my Game Boy, uh, and it, you know what? It just, I don't know, maybe I have the worst luck in life, right? Because when I finally got a Game Boy as a kid, everybody else was getting Game Boy Color. <laughs> so I, again, I was the odd man out of the group. Game Boy Color was a little bit, you know, a little bit more compact. So. Like, here's all my friends like they just got their game boy color and everything like that and um my mom got me a game boy and the thing was even though i was the odd man out i was appreciative of everything you know because at the time i was living with my mom and uh you know my mom um but like i said before i don't know if, if anyone if anyone's paid attention when i've talked a little bit about my mom i did tell i did let everyone know that my mom only had um education level up to third grade in Thailand, she dropped out of school, elementary school, to help the family. My my mom's side of the family were farmers, and uh, my mom, you know, started raising fish. She started farming fish, and she would take her fish to the to market and sell it to make money to help the family. 
So, you know, my mom did all right for a woman that never graduated high school, didn't even graduate out of elementary school. And, uh, you know, it was tough for my mom. My mom always tried to, like, the same thing's how I am. My mom always tried to do things for me and my sister. Like, we weren't given everything. We had to earn it. But when we did do things to earn it, my mom made sure come hella high water she would make sure that she would try to get us at least something you know to show that 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 we are recognized for what we do right and um so even though i was the odd man out of my group and had a game boy instead of a game boy color like i took care of that thing like it was no tomorrow and i was thoroughly enjoying every game that my friends got to play that i never got to play so it was like a whole new journey for me so it was never something like like i always you know felt felt down about having a game boy instead of a game boy color when my friends did you know i was always odd man out because they would always get pissed off at me for not having the latest things and i was never the type of kid to always go to my mom and say give me this i want this you know i took whatever i can get i took whatever i can get and whatever i got i treated it like like a diamond because i knew how hard my mom worked i watched my mom very closely when i was a kid and i watched all the things that she's done you know from everything that she's done in life and um and i love her i love my mom for for all she wasn't perfect yeah she made mistakes what what parent has it down right you know but my mom did the best she could and i always want her to know that i love her and appreciate for i appreciate her for that because it wasn't easy especially my older sister my older sister never made it easy for my mom they always bumped heads a lot Anyways, my man, you ain't got the newest. But you know, you know how um, back in the '90s, how how um, you know kids were going into their adolescent phases and stuff like that. It, it, you know, it was always a, a, a penis measuring contest back then. I don't know if it's like that now today with kids today, but back then it always was right. Like 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 the clothes that you wore. I remember uh, kids in um, sixth grade used to make fun of me because like back then. I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, those uh, those snapback hats with the uh, Malcolm X logo were becoming popular, right? Kids were wearing it, not even realizing what it stood for, or what it meant. You know, I remember when uh, my mom actually bought me one and I was wearing it and my dad talked to me about it because he wanted me to understand what I had on my head. But I was like back then, um, like, you know, kids used to make fun of me because um, they like, you know, their parents could get them what, what they would ask for. I never asked my mom for things. Right. So like even though like, you know, in sixth grade, like wearing brand Stussy was like the brand clothing to wear. Right. Like, you know, like in, in the late 90s, FUBU was what the branding to wear um, back then. Uh, Stussy was. And so wearing those types of branded clothing, um, the Malcolm X hats that were either fitted or snapback, and um, the uh, Nike Air uh, high tops with the big fat air lettering on the side, those I did get when they came out. My mom wanted me to have those shoes because she seen me looking at them one time in, in, in a magazine ad that they were coming. And like I said, I never told my mom things that I wanted because... I already knew like she would she would fight hard to get things for me and my sister because she didn't have a lot of things growing up that's how my mom was like she wanted she wanted us to live the life that she wanted to have that she never got to and i never wanted my mom to spend her money that way because 
the best times for me was always being able to like you know watch scary movies with my mom that's that's where the scary movie things comes from that's my mom's favorite genre of movie is scary movies and her favorite horror movies of all time has always been the howling series so my mom likes werewolf movies it's funny because you know not that not that my mom watched those movies is the reason i chose it but i've always told my kids if i could become like a well-known monster from movies it would be a werewolf i would love to be a werewolf of course i, I would also feel kind of sick about what i was going to attack if i went stalking at night but <laughs> but a werewolf to me would be awesome and especially when uh later on i got into um uh online gaming uh me and my friends uh well it was on there was an online game that we played but mostly it was just like you know role-playing games that you know at my friend's house right so we would play like vampire the masquerade werewolf the apocalypse right you could create your character it's kind of like D D, but you know totally different worlds and uh, me and my friends used to play that and my character was a werewolf that was pretty cool and I, and I was an evil one. So I think the tribe of werewolf that I came from was the Black Spiral Dancers, um, which were corrupted by the worm. I don't know if anyone knows any of that stuff. Sorry, I'm kind of like going into that. <laughs> yeah, my mom was a little bit different. Like, if me and my sister were bad, then we wouldn't get anything, you know? Like, my mom would literally... Um, literally would just like make it known that we we weren't behaving so we're not getting you know anything even mcdonald's like mcdonald's was like the thing back then my mom every friday after school like she would pick me up from school then we would go to the high school um pick up my sister and then my mom would like take us um we would go food shopping for the next week and then we would stop at mcdonald's so my mom didn't feel like cooking and yeah, just, you know, make chicken sandwiches, french fries. Um, I always got a vanilla or chocolate shake. My sister always got a strawberry shake. And we would go home. That was that was a Friday thing with me and my mom. Either that or with Subway. Like, back then, they didn't, they didn't toast subs. But me and my sister would get the uh, foot-long meatball sub and split it. And um, then my mom would make her Thai food, right? And one of the things I love about my mom's cooking, my mom, my mom can cook. I don't care what anyone said. My mom can cook. And so many people, like when we lived in Guam, the um, neighborhood that we lived in, a lot of people liked to come over when my mom was cooking. Like they would see her outside prepping food and stuff like that because uh, they just love my mom's cooking. Me, my favorite dish that my mom used to make, there's this uh, Thai dish. It's going to sound weird. Actually, there's two of them that's going to sound weird to eat. One is called Nyam, and it's basically you take um raw beef that's like you know sliced up and you kind of you don't smash it but you kind of soften it where it's you know very delicate and it's wrapped it's uh it's seasoned with lemon juice garlic um a couple of uh, red thai chili peppers and i forgot what else my mom seasoned it with but then it's it's wrapped and it's left to cook that way not cooking heat the meat is raw when it's done the meat is still considered raw it's just the lemon juice garlic and and um the uh the pepper while giving it flavor it also kills germs and stuff like that bacteria and um yeah so that was one thing that we would eat with sticky rice there's another dish called lap 
or in America on Thai restaurant menus, they call it larb. I don't know why they call it that. It's called lap, but it's um, and it's cooked in uh, Thai restaurants. The original dish is not cooked at all either. The meat is raw, and it's it's uh, marinated the same the same way with just different uh, marinations as well as sweet soy and some ginger and other stuff. And um, you eat that with sticky rice as well. Sticky rice. It's exactly what it is, sticky rice. So you don't need a spoon to eat the rice. The rice is sticky enough that you can you can grab a handful and mush it into a ball and dip it in hot sauce and grab your meat, pinch it with that. Thai people in Thailand, they don't they don't really use utensils a lot, especially like up in like in the northern part of Thailand and like most of the farm country areas, they don't use utensils. They use their hands to eat. So they would have like a big spread of like the main courses on the table, a bunch of small plates with either sticky rice or regular steam rice, and they would just dig in. And the utensils were used to get your meat from the the, the center plate onto your plate. And that was it. From your plate, you would use your hands. You would never stick your hands in like in like the center plate. I learned that as a kid at a young age. My mom took me to um, to a temple where. Um, the uh the thai new year so the thai new year's is when it passes over from the dry season to the wet season so it's called it's also known as the thai water festival and it happens in april and uh, my mom took me to one and um the monks were there from the monastery they were there and um yeah it was a fun time because there would be food there would be music and dancing and one of the fun things you would do and i would always tell people this because some of my friends were like hey they were like back in Hawaii, we have a Thai temple out there. They'd be like, oh, well, my friend invited me to the water festival. And I'll tell them like, hey, make sure you leave your cell phone in your car. Because one of the fun things to do during this event is that, you know, we douse each other in water. We would grab buckets of water and we would just like have water wars. And no one got offended and got mad and upset if they got drenched in water. It was, it was, that was the whole purpose of it. How come you can't eat sticky rice? I mean, uh, you know, I'm type 2 diabetic and maybe like once a year I'll eat sticky rice. But like if I eat sticky rice, I mean, it, it, it's got to be for an occasion. But I'll, I'll eat it from time to time. Um, I don't know. I've, uh... There's still more of the world that I want to travel to, but I've picked up a pretty good, uh, a pretty good understanding of culture from like the um, Southeast Pacific, if you want to call it that. Um, basically, you know, from my roots, right? You know, I am Thai. I am also, so I'm a mixture of Thai, Laos, uh, I believe Cambodian, Mongolian, and Chinese. Uh, my mom's side of the family kind of blends out of that, right? My dad's side of the family, um, Spaniard and uh, Puerto Rican. Um, you want to say Puerto Rican, the Taino Indians, the natives from Puerto Rico. So, um, but anyways, uh, because of like, you know, where my mom's side of the family, where we come from and everything like that, I visited a lot of those, those areas and gotten to learn a lot of the cultures and even cultures that, you know, are not of my ethnicity, right? So like Chamorros, right, from Guam. Uh, we, I lived in Guam for a short period of time, so I got to learn a lot of their cultures, their belief structures and stuff like that. And then, of course, their food. Their food is amazing. <laughs> I talk to my kids about these stories, right? Uh, I don't know. 
I can't because I have a ETI and I just found out. Oh, so you're border diabetic, Gene? You can beat it, Gene. You can beat. If you're borderline diabetic, you can beat it where you won't become diabetic. And I'm going to send my prayers your way that you don't. Because I wouldn't wish this sickness on anybody. Anybody. Even the, even the people that, that don't like me. Like, um, I, I don't know if they don't like me or not, you know. Um, I haven't talked to any of them. But any of the ones that, you know, were causing me grief all last year. And that were talking, like, all that stuff about me or whatever. I wouldn't even wish them to get diabetes. Like, this, this stuff sucks. So, um... I'm gonna pray that you don't. I'm gonna pray that 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 you beat it, that um, you, you kind of scale back, and you're no longer borderline, All right? You know, it actually like really help, and like I know a lot of people love to tell like what helps, what helps, and maybe you can try this, see if it works for you. And I'll tell you this much right now. Um, I think one of the things that really worked for me, as far as dropping a lot of weight. Cause really that's what it is right it's 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 the size of your body versus how much you know insulin can be can be um built in you to process the sugar so that way you're not processing you're not you're not your body's not removing the sugar through a way that it shouldn't go through right um really and, and i mean really try this it's like i tried it I, I was a you know I'm, I consider myself to be a beginner at it, so I didn't know all the ins and outs of it. I just basically followed an app. <laughs> I know this sounds ridiculous. I followed an app, and that app basically uh, guided me through um, intermittent fasting. So I would fast throughout majority of the day. No insulin right now. I'm hoping. No, I mean your own your own native insulin in your body not not the shots because your body creates its own insulin in order to process and manage the uh, glucose in your blood uh when for type 2 diabetics and what that it really is is just your glucose levels are and and your body mass is big right like you know when i was like 225 pounds dude i was pretty big and um my body did not create enough insulin inside of me to process the glucose in my blood so how does it flush out right because you know sugar has to you you have it has to process out of your body um and what your body does is, is since it can't break down the glucose it processes it out through your kidneys and through urine right which becomes a problem this is why type 2 di diabetics also have other conditions alongside of just being type 2 diabetic they have kidney failure they have heart conditions all these things make a play into it um you know they they lose um a percentage of their vision or they go completely blind is because of the glucose in their blood so um intermittent fasting actually really did kind of like help a lot like you know when i was having uh those pains in my leg from the um from the uh, neuropathy because of the glucose damaging the nerve endings in my nerves causing ghost pains is, is what it really is it's like having pain for no reason um when I did the uh, intermittent fasting in uh, in the end of 2020 into 2021, uh, it helped. It helped a lot. So my doctor is going to check my blood sugar for the next three three months to let me know. So he's going to check your. He's going to look at your A1C. Oh, for the past three months. Yeah, if you got blood work done, they're going to look at your A1C. But, you know, in the meantime, while they're checking that out, just try to intermittent fasting. I know it's tough. 
in the very beginning, you get a lot of the hangry pains, they call it, you know, you get irritable because you're hungry, you want to eat. But if you're not, if you're not active that much, then you wouldn't need to eat anything to have fuel for your body. So um, when you're doing the intermittent fasting, depending on the time of day, you want to do it, right? That's your choice of when you want to go without um, eating and just drinking water. Um, I learned this from Ray. So big shout out to Ray. Y'all know who he is. Um, Ray talked to me a lot about fasting because him and his wife were doing it. And he would always call me on Facebook Messenger to give me some insight. And like him and his wife went extreme on, on fasting. I couldn't do what they did. And I commend them for being that strong. They did dry fasting for three days. Uh, dry fasting is you don't even drink water. You, you intake nothing for three days. Um, the fasting I was doing was I was doing, um, what, you, what is it? Uh, uh, I want to say, I want to say an 18 by six. So I had like a six minute window where I could eat and, uh, 18 hours of not eating anything. Of course, eight of those hours was when I was asleep. 10 of the hours I was awake, I didn't eat. I just drank water. Every time that I felt hungry, I would drink water or like the app would notify me, like drink eight ounces of water. And besides it kind of normalizing your blood sugar by doing the intermittent fasting, it also flushes out toxins in your body. You flush out a lot of that stuff that you're taking in. Um, and it just, yeah, like it, it really helps. It helps. It, I saw clearer skin too. Like I have you know, skin problems. Sometimes my face breaks out in eczema and it, you know, it's like dry skin. I got to apply lotions and stuff like that to my face and everything, you know? And at the time when I was like really heavy on the intermittent fasting, my skin cleared up. It, it was like, yeah, <laughs> it helped. So, I mean, look into it, talk to your doctor about it, see if it's safe for you. And if your doctor says, yeah, you know, give it a shot, try it out. You have nothing to lose there except for some pounds. And, um, yeah, that, that was like the intermittent fasting is the reason. Like back in, in uh, 2020, my pant size that I wore, I kid you not, my pant size that I wore was a 38, 38 waist. And that's, you know, kind of loose fitting without a belt. So I can like fit my thumb on the side of my hip, but the pants wouldn't fall off of me. Right now, I wear a size 34. Um, loose on me would be a 36. I would need a belt with a 36, 34 without a belt. I can wear size 34 pants and it would hug to, you know, to my waist and my hips. So, um, yeah, the intermittent fasting really also kind of like shed my, my, uh, my size. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, though, is that when you when you do the intermittent fasting, a lot of toxins that we have in our body that we take in because of so you, you guys got to know this, right? And and Sneed has said before, this is why, like, I definitely, if I ever get the chance to go to Cleveland, I want to eat at at, at Sneed's Bakery, like his family's bakery shop. I want to go there and I just want to sample everything because when he's talked about it in the past, you know, the fresh ingredients they use and how they make it and everything like that. He, um, by him saying that, you know. Like I've paid attention to how food is, right? And you got to understand today's foods that you buy in grocery stores is not good for you, not at all whatsoever. 
it is not it is processed with chemicals it is processed with preservatives and those things do damages to our body if you ever wondered why if you know if you're my age if you ever wondered why food seems so different compared to what it was before it's because of that like you have hormonal growth injected into animals and you're eating that right a chicken that you buy from the grocery store rotisserie chicken costs you maybe you know five six dollars for it right you remember back in the day when, when a rotisserie chicken was like like a lavishing meal a lavishing meal enough to where a rotisserie chicken would be like 20 something dollars um today it's like six dollars right anyone can get a rotisserie chicken you can have like five times a week but that's because that bird that you're about to you're about to eat has been put through what they call vitamins it's not really vitamins it's, it's hormonal growth it's steroids it's to make the bird grow faster they gotta make these birds grow faster so they can harvest them to sell to to be able to put dinner on a plate for millions of people in the country and around the world places that are industrialized use this method to be able to feed the people within their community you go out to the country it's totally different yeah so when you when you shut down the the weight dude you you'll be good remember to pray over your food yeah to whatever god you pray to right but yes um but you know food is all processed stuff you read like my uh my mother used to tell me that when you read the packaging of something that that you're going to eat if the ingredients label goes beyond 12 ingredients <laughs> it's not natural <laughs> and when you look at a lot of foods today and you read the ingredients there's like well over 30 30 ingredients and they're not even really ingredients or, or i mean they could be considered ingredients if you understand what they are you know <laughs> so um, it has red red 20 something or <laughs> yellow five or you know this like what is this what is yellow five i've never heard of that herb it's not an herb but it's listed in the ingredients right so when you eat food like that you're putting that stuff into you even if it's been processed even if it's partially cooked meat or whatever i remember it, it's it's within the food itself you're putting it in you're, you're putting it in your body so it's going to have a reaction to your body um and then you think about it today they capitalize on healthy foods right so if you go to places that's like you go to like the farmer's market and you get real fresh vegetables that's not tainted with pesticides and and, and chemicals right but it costs way more than what the vegetables you get in a grocery store a stock of celery from a farmer's market could be like you know four dollars a stock you go over to the uh to the grocery store and it's like 27 cents you know or like not 27 cents i'm over exaggerating let's say like 68 cents a pound and you put it on there it weighs less than a pound so you're paying change for that that vegetable seems like a good deal to buy vegetables dirt cheap but but it's also washed with you know those types of things Yeah, you also gotta think about the type of diet that you know that humans are supposed to have. If you kind of think about it, right? I mean, like, yeah, we're in a way omnivores. We are, but um, yeah, I mean, 
when you look at the food pyramid i think the food pyramid is also adjusted wrong <laughs> i don't think you need that much carbs in your life At least the diabetics food pyramid is reversed. The carbs is the lowest part. Carbs and sugars is the lowest amounts on the on the food pyramid for diabetics. And protein is is the more part, right? So more chicken, more fish, um, less red meat, less pork. It's harder to farm clean good. Yeah, it is, and that's why that's why it costs so much to, to get those ingredients and get those items. Uh, I don't have Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I don't have T-Mobile. I have Twitter. I don't have T-Mobile. Um, I have no idea what they were smoking when they made when they made the food pyramid. And they, and again though, but you also got to think like the impact of foods back then and what was used to process those foods versus how they're processed today are two different two different things. Um, so back then it probably made sense to have carbohydrates and to have a good a good helping serving of it but today we don't have a lot of the things that that we did back then like our schools today don't have a field day i don't know if some of you guys remember um schools doing this but there was like a week out of the school year where all classrooms were closed for the day so like that whole week there was no there was no in-class sessions you would only go to your classrooms to put your backpack down to um, get yourself prepared because after you know your teacher would do would, would do um, uh, would do the roll call for the day to make sure that all the students are there and accounted for then um, they would lock up the classroom and you would march single file in line all the way out to the athletic field where they had events they had various different events it was like it was like having our very own Olympics schools used to do that and and i miss those events and i feel like my kids are losing out on great opportunities right field day was a fun day the field week actually was a fun week and to me like you know my dad was always proud like i sometimes i came in fifth place you know like at the was it the 100 100 meter dash um sometimes i you know i, I came in second place i think one, one year i came in first place my dad was extremely proud you know but the, the overall lesson of it was that kids were out being active. They were running, they were jumping, they were participating in sports. We had flag football tournaments, you know, we had soccer tournaments, we had um, uh, the uh, disc throw. We, we had a lot of things. Um, and then not long after field week, so field week would, 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 uh, would be done with, we would go like, I think like two months, and then we would have a half a week of what they call read-a-thon. So like Monday and Tuesday was schoolwork, Wednesday, you can come to school in your pajamas with your favorite blanket and pillow and a stack of books that you owned. And we would go to the gymnasium and we would find a spot to lay down and we would spend the whole day reading whatever books we had. And like, it was so cool because if you didn't have a lot of books, then the librarian would have, will have you go to the library and grab books that you were interested in reading. And you will compile a list of books. And to make it more challenging was, the week before that event happened, we walked around our neighborhood with pledge sheets and we would pledge to read, you know, um, a hundred books in three days. Cause you, these aren't novels. These aren't classic novels, right? It's children's books. And so we would say we would read like a hundred books or 75 books in the three days that we would be in the readathon. And, um, 
people would pledge like five dollars ten dollars and that would help raise money you know for school events but all we did was like lay down in a gymnasium we're sitting up and we would just read we would read for those three days at the end of the school day we would go home right in between the school day lunch and lunch food lunches in school were so amazing back then they were so filling they weren't overfilling but they were enough that you can focus on the second half of your day in school because you weren't hungry and these days the lunches that they give are crazy uh yesterday was my son's field trip they went to a music museum and uh my wife got to go as a chaperone so um he got to spend a day with his mom at school and after the uh the field trip they got on the school bus and they went to you know a public park where they served lunch and all lunch was it wasn't even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it was one of those uh pb and j uncrustables an apple and a chocolate milk and i'm like okay you know that would seem filling if like you know the kid would eat the apple the uncrustable i'm not too sure about because those things are small i would say a regular peanut butter and jelly sandwich maybe an apple or banana and maybe like uh two like two white milks or whatever you know like not all not, not all chocolate kids love love chocolate milk my son doesn't like chocolate milk he doesn't like chocolate milk at all he likes chocolate candy bars <laughs> he just doesn't like chocolate milk a little weird huh um uh, my my youngest daughter she hates all candy bars like if you give my daughter nevaeh a chocolate candy bar she'll thank you for it out of the gesture but i swear you won't catch her eating it she'll hide it to make it seem like that she ate it and she didn't my my daughter nevaeh her favorite snack items is pineapples watermelons um peaches not, none of those canned ones that that's drenched in syrup she likes the ones from the market that's like freshly cut up um from the produce section so they cut up the fruit and then they put it in those plastic bowls and seal it with a sticker she likes those the school oh man the school recently stopped them your school must have been awesome up until 2020. oh yeah because of the pandemic are they gonna have plans to reopen it back in your school that because that they need to bring those back like my kids didn't get to experience that how many of you guys experienced when um in your elementary school when they used to bring that giant white dome that looked like a big giant igloo and uh, when you go inside it would actually be a star display and there would be a person in there with a red laser a little red laser pointer you would crawl in you would crawl into the opening get inside find a spot and you would just lay down and then they would kick on these lights that that um mirrored the pattern of the stars and they would point out constellations they would point out where certain planets were at the time and it was just like a star show how many of you guys remember that because i remember that thoroughly those were some of my favorite pastimes A lot of things were pretty cool back then. We would bring our own lunches every week, every weekday. Then if you wanted, you could get school offered lunch, which was different every day from an apple PBJ, no Uncrustables back then, but an apple. Yeah, um, I think that's probably one of the other reasons why I can't understand school lunches today is because I know if, like for me, school lunches were always can like from kindergarten, first, second, third, up, up to third grade. I brought my own lunch well my my dad because we were living with my dad mostly 
my dad would would pack me my lunch. It was always a different thing. It was either a cotton salami sandwich, a chopped ham sandwich, a grilled cheese, or um, bologna and, and cheese. This is why I was a big fan of cold cuts. And so my dad would pack that in, in my lunchbox. He would fill up my thermos with um, either um, like apple juice, um, and some form of juice. Never orange juice, though. He he didn't he never wanted to use orange juice, but like apple juice, Kool Aid, stuff like that. He would fill up my thermos with or water. Um, and then for my snack, I would always get like either. Um, and I know some people may laugh at this, but you know those Hostess snacks, so like a ho ho, or ding dong, or a zinger. Well, they didn't have zingers back then. Twinkies. I get one of those, and then I would get a. Um, a Ziploc uh, sandwich baggie full of like grapes or um, banana banana slices or apple wedges or oranges. That was my lunch. Fourth grade uh, was when I um, I had moved from the Philippines to Guam and I lived with my mother. And the elementary school that I went to, which I don't know if they changed the name of it, but back then the name of the school was C.L. Titano which was an elementary school in Guam. And um, they cooked lunches. So that was the first time I was introduced to school cooked lunches. And their lunches always consist of things. It was mostly like, um, you know, stuff that was locally eaten on the island, right? So like, there's this dish. It's kind of spicy, a little bit sour um, profile as far as flavor, but it's called chicken keleguin. It's really good. You can either wrap it in a flour tortilla and eat it like a burrito or taco, or you can just eat it just as it is, the meat itself with um a chamorro favorite called red rice which is just it's almost similar to um like the puerto rican arroz how they make it you know with like tomato sauce and stuff like that similar to that and then you would get like you know chocolate pudding you would get um either two white milks or one chocolate milk if you chose chocolate milk and like another side dish maybe like a salad or maybe you know like we were getting used to that kind of like you know lunches in school which is still and even when i moved you know to hawaii um it was still that you know the schools would cook lunches and the lunches were were filling um today what they give is just weird i had verizon postpay before yeah um visible's eSIM transfer is pretty quick too i just transferred it from my uh, pixel 7 to my pixel 5 and that took less than three minutes. Yeah, yeah, Carlos. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's very so. Like in Guam, a lot of the dishes there are very similar to like Hispanic dishes, only because the um, the uh, Spanish conquistadors visited the island of Guam. So Guam has its natives, the Chamorros, and their not only their language but their culture is blended with a little bit of a uh, Spanish culture along with Japanese culture. So it's a very weird thing. It's like, it's a Micronesian, Japanese, Spaniard culture mixed together because of the, uh, the influences of visitors to those islands, to the, to that Island. So yeah. Yeah. The lunch menus were different a lot. Yeah. So, um, I can say like, you know, they're my years of, of going through school, right? From kindergarten, I didn't graduate high school. I got a GED. I dropped out of high school and my, my sophomore year, just cause, 
I mean, it just, I don't know. I was just a bad kid back then. That's crazy. That visible wouldn't transfer eSIM to eSIM for your iPhone? It's crazy. It just worked for me like other five minutes. Well, see, there's been a problem with visible's eSIM transfer, or at least I, I think it's a problem. It may not be. But like what happens, so look, what I do with visible is so i download the app on the new phone i'm going to use it on i log into it in the very front page of it it tells you you can transfer um, eSIM to this device i click on it i click to um to start the switch and then it sends a one-time code to my old phone just to confirm it's me so i confirm it with the code it sends me then i power off my old phone and continue on um installing eSIM now when it's trying to install the eSIM it hangs for like almost five minutes so then it pops up where it's like you may have to manually input it and it gives me the qr code but because i'm using the phone that i'm going to i can't use the camera to qr code it so then i enter it manually which i copy paste the uh the code that it gives me and i go into um, the settings network um add a sim um add different because it's going to give you the listen to somebody drive by quickly but it's going to give you like at&t t-mobile and you know verizon and i choose other and it wants to scan the qr code but then if you hit need help then it tells you to manually enter it in and i paste that code in there and then it downloads the eSIM profile you need to be on wi-fi and download the app on new iphone login and click in front of the app where it says switching is easy yeah see for at least for me it, it wasn't that easy carlos i don't know if it's just something with my profile or my account that's weird but it still took under less than three minutes just manually putting it in but you know i got it on got it on the uh the uh, pixel 5. that's only like only because uh, i'm gonna test this out later on i think like in a month or so the tower nearby me is getting upgraded and it's going to pump out millimeter wave and I know that the, the Pixel 5 doesn't have like the Snapdragon uh, X60. It's got the what the the X52 modem, but still, I mean, I should still get like a, you know at least over a gig on the download and stuff like that. I know that's not going to impact the hotspot, and I'm actually looking into a custom one for the Pixel 5 that I can actually go around the uh, cap that Visible puts on. So if it works, I'll let you guys know. But that's going to take some time before I'm able to do that. Yeah, it does. I agree with you there, Brian. Ouch. I went to the back end team twice and they still couldn't get it done. <laughs> Time to buy a visible line to do this. <laughs> Y'all giving Carlos ideas for new videos, man. Yeah. I kind of wish that Mastodon let me post bigger videos. That's the only thing that sucks about the Mastodon platform. I like the platform itself because I love how how it's like it's it's broken up into different servers. But you can still like find people on say someone signs up on the regular Mastodon server, you can still find them and add them and follow them, you know, see their microblogging. 
But like on Mastodon, the only thing that sucks is video upload. Video upload, they can only hold a video size of 40 megabytes. And that's very low quality. That's like that's like 360p 10 second video. They really need to, you know, hopefully with the crowdfunding, they're able to expand out their servers to to withhold more information. And then, you know, of course, bigger file sizes for videos would be uploaded. But other than that, I've been having a pretty decent time on Mastodon. I've found a couple of people that, you know, I find on Twitter. And it's not, it's not, and I'm, I'm not on Mastodon. Let me just make this clear. I'm not on Mastodon because I'm like going against Twitter. I don't really get myself involved into that, that stuff, that, that social media wars or whatever. I don't really care about it. We, we know the truth. I don't need to, to, to highlight the truth when the truth can just hit you in the face, like, you know, like a stripper on a, on a oily pole that falls off, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, the truth is out there. So there's nothing that has to be presented that way but um yeah lately i've been on mastodon i've been kind of building out that platform and just sharing stuff on there and uh and you know seeing different people visible was trying to be positive about it i'm like this process is trash <laughs> and did you guys see carlos's tweet and like the way that the uh the verizon rep was like you know chatting with him kind of pulling out that kind of pulling out that card in the hole right that that card where it's like makes what they're trying to make you feel like that you and them are a team so we can figure this together <laughs> classic customer service references right there that's like customer service 101 if you guys haven't seen that go to go to carlos's twitter and uh and check out his post it's kind of cool that he shared that verizon's a dumpster fire it's not a dumpster fire everywhere i'm using verizon right now sort of i'm using visible to host this live stream because my t-mobile home internet is trash let me tell you guys what carlos and steve had talked about over a year ago it has happened so a year ago my speeds were different my connectivity was different all that stuff nowadays on the t-mobile home internet it wouldn't hold this live stream it would be a lot of so like that clipping that you heard earlier when i had congested uh, the usage of my hotspot that's what you would hear all the time on um on a live stream and the speed still told me i was getting like 200 plus down and 90 on the uplink or 80 on the uplink quality is just bad in my area that's not a stab at t-mobile that's the truth You got rid of T-Mobile Home Internet? Yeah, my son uses it for, for his online gaming and it aggravate him. So, hey, <laughs> more power to him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll say that's that's the clear cut proof that, you know, you're not you're not a what what, are the, what do they call them? Those uh, the Sims from T-Mobile to get mad at you and they're like, you're a T-Mobile hater. How could you be a T-Mobile hater if you're holding Verizon to the same standards? <laughs> Don't call out Verizon on, on their stuff. So up until recently, I was working at Consumer Cellular. Yeah, I was working for that company for a little bit of time. There are, there are some things that I just feel like that they're sketchy about, but... So I made it clear too, like, yes, um, 
Consumer Cellular Unlimited is limited. It is 50 gigs of high-speed priority data access, and then you are throttled, not deprioed. You are throttled for the rest of your bill cycle. Um, right now, I'm, I'm not going to be touching the working in any telecom anytime soon. Um, because the tele so the telecom industry, and here, here's the truth about all of it. The telecom industry, it is a fun place to work, especially if you're somebody that's like very interested in mobile technology and how the telecom network works, right? But their customer service is built on the premise of handling as much volume as you can, which on a business perspective makes sense, right? If you got 500 customers calling in a day, you wanna be able to give service to all 500 customers before you shut down for the day. I understand that. I What I don't understand is, is why, if there's a time that you that you need to help somebody, so like, okay, so this is like what pissed me off with consumer cellular. I've said this before and I don't have a problem saying it again. What pissed me off with consumer cellular is that our demographic of customers is like 50 plus, right? We have people that are like 20 year olds that sign up for service, you know, because their grandpa has it and he gets great customer service when he calls in. So that's what that 20 year old wants. So he signs up for it. You don't have to be a certain age to sign up with consumer cellular. But the thing that pissed me off most about them was like, you go to this training course. The training course is actually given to you by AARP, right? So they have access to AARP training in order to train customer service reps for consumer cellular as to um, how to how to treat your, your customers who are 50 plus, right? And, um, you know, they tell you in those things, like, don't baby them. Don't, you know, don't, don't treat them like an infant. Um, believe it or not, there's those who are 60, 70, 80 years old that are hip to the fact and understand technology. Granted, there's a handful. So realistically, there's a handful because I can take over 200 calls in a day and out of that 200 calls, and let's say all of them were over the age of 50, only maybe 15 to 20 understand what 5G is. Maybe only 30 of them understand how they're billed. Maybe 50 of them understand what a Samsung is. Um, so with, with, with that being said, Yeah, every Mastodon user is an, is an Elon hater, yeah. But with that being said, I think the thing that pissed me off more was like, when we're doing troubleshooting, and we have, even though I know what the problem is, one, I would get in trouble if I just flat out told the customer what the problem with their phone was. You had to do consumer cellulars troubleshooting, which consisted of asking a question, listening to their answer, moving to the next step. And it was basic things like, how many bars of signal show on your phone? Does it show on the top when you pull down your notification? Does it say my CC network or my CC or consumer cellular? Okay, move to the next step. And then on and on. And then the result, the, the resolving is, uh, is either us doing a network refresh on our end and having them power cycle their phone, um, do a reset uh, network settings and then have them power cycle the phone. And the very last step is having them wipe their phone. And even if I follow those steps specifically, even though I know what's wrong with the phone, I followed their, you know, consumer cellulars laid out guideline steps. They expect those steps. There's 12 of them. They expect them to be done in under 10 minutes. 
okay, if you got somebody that knows how to navigate their phone, sure. If you got somebody that's like, I got an iPhone because my granddaughter has an iPhone, but I don't know how to work this thing. I'm not going to tell them to call me back when their granddaughter's there. No, I'm the type of person that's like, okay, don't worry about it. I will walk you through this step by step. One thing that was cool about training was we had an exercise to kind of demonstrate to all the trainees how important it is to vocally describe things. So they, uh, our training instructor blindfolded herself. She had a plate in front of her. She had a loaf of bread. She had a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly. She had a plastic um, bread knife. And one, one, of our, one of our trainees who volunteered had to vocally guide our trainer on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you'd be surprised on how the sandwich came all messed up because the person assumed that our, tra our, our trainer knew things. So they were just saying, they were saying, you know, basic stuff like, okay, first you need to get the peanut butter. You need to open it. Then you need to get the jelly. You need to open it. You need to open the bread and get two slices of bread. Like they were talking that way and the sandwich was never made. And they learned quickly that you have to be descriptive, right? So they had to say, okay, if you feel to your left and my trainer would move her hand to the left of the table and touch it, and she'd be like, they'll tell her like, you should feel ridges on the cap of that jar. And they'll be like, yeah, I feel ridges. And she'd be like, okay, that's the peanut butter. You need to, with your right hand, grab the jar of peanut butter and with your left hand, grip the cap. And then our trainer would follow like, yes, I'm doing that now. And then you gotta tell them, okay, now you need to turn the cap counterclockwise to open it. You had to be descriptive in opening the cap, taking off the uh, the protective fresh steel on the cap of uh, peanut butter, all the way down to how to scoop the peanut butter uh, to pick up one slice of bread, to put the blade down on the bread and say it's at the top right corner. Go in a diag like in a in an angle from top to bottom left, and that's how you make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It showed you had to be descriptive. So I'm pretty decent at doing that. And I would tell my customer, like, we're going to get your iPhone fixed or we're going to get your Android fixed. Don't worry. I'm going to walk you through it step by step. And I would go slow, slow enough for them because I would always get the same thing from them. And you can tell they've been rushed before because they're used to saying it. They'll be like, I'm like, okay, what I need you to do for me is go to the settings app. And I'll be like, okay, hold on. Give me a minute. My eyes aren't as good as they used to be. That tells me that they've been rushed a lot before. And I would always tell them, like, don't worry about it. Please take your time. The app, it should look like a gray square with, you know, like a, a symbol of a gear inside of it. And they would find it. And they would click it. Like, okay, you're there now. Uh, tell them, like, read me off the first three options you see. And then they'll tell me, like, network, uh, blue. Bluetooth. I'm like, okay, we need to select network. And that way I'm able to follow them. They're able to follow me. And you got to do this vocally. A troubleshooting job with somebody who absolutely does not know how to navigate their smartphone would take me about 20 minutes. A person that kind of knows would take me about 12 minutes. Someone who was very tech savvy would take me four minutes. Oh yeah, what happened to Carlos? The triple charging? Yeah, that is unacceptable. <laughs> that would be a good compensation right there. <laughs> free iPhones and 36 months free of bill credits. 
But yeah, generally speaking, um, that was the reason why I got so irritated with Consumer Cellular. Don't get me wrong, my coworkers there, I love them to death. They're all funny. They're all great in their own in their own way. Um, the fact that you know that we do try to provide the best customer service, especially for a demographic that's not so tech savvy, I think it's great about the company. But just their handle time of what of what they want. It's, it's not like like every call we get is a troubleshooting call. So I know my metrics is always going to be good. Right, I maybe get one or two troubleshooting calls that maybe go at length twenty minutes on the call. Every other call that I take could be like under two minutes. Right, bill processing bill payments isn't is not that hard. Right, so my average um, calls per hour should be like between five and a half to six calls an hour, maybe even lower, maybe seven calls an hour. That's how they average it out. And at the end of the month, that's where your average should be. It's about five and a half calls per hour. But like they would, they would totally ding you for it. And it was just, it was irritating. Always being coached on it. Like, why do I always have to repeat myself? I am not going to rush a customer and I am not going to kick them off their phone, especially if, if they're, you know, they're, they're over, over the age of 50. I mean, they could be having a buildup to like a life threatening emergency. And they want to get their phone fixed so that way they can, you know, they can call loved ones in case something happens, right? Because we do get training in that. Consumer cellular uh, reps do get trained on on how to how to handle a call. Like if they if you talk to a customer and say they're telling you over the phone call they're experiencing a heart attack, you don't just tell them, oh, "I'm sorry, you got consumer cellular. Um, we need to dial nine and press call from your phone after I hang up this call." Like we don't do that. We'll 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 talk to them. We'll say, "Okay, um, you know, listen." I need you to try to stay as calm as possible with me. Do not hang up on this call. If we disconnect, I will call you back immediately. So please answer your phone and let me get you some assistance. And then you would automatically call their local emergency line and let them know, hey, I have a, a customer with consumer cellular on the line with me. They accidentally called me. They're experiencing a heart attack. This is the known address that we have on file for them. And then you, you merge the calls together where all three of you all talk. And you make sure that, you know, EMS is on the way for the customer. You stay on that call until EMS arrives and then you get off. You know, we have that. We, we, we're, we're told to do that. So, you know, if, sometimes a customer can't tell you like they're experiencing a heart attack or they can't tell you, you know, that they're, they're, they're going, they went blind in one eye because they're human just like you and I. And sometimes that stuff can be embarrassing to them. So they won't say nothing. But I'll tell you if my phone's not working and I really need to get in touch with my family. And what do you? gonna do if they don't know how to navigate their phone you're gonna tell them like oh i'm sorry but if you can get someone to come over there that doesn't understand how to navigate the phone call us back and we'll assist you in getting it working like hell no i'm not with that type of customer service program that is to me that's poor customer service you don't abandon a customer no matter what they can abandon you right so you stay on that call until either you resolve the problem and if it's a, a, a troubled situation you let them be the one to hang up on you because that's when they've had enough and they're done with the conversation they walk away you never never in my opinion never tell a customer you're gonna call them back if you can help them there are certain things yes you do have to call them back on if it's like an issuance of credit okay well we got to make sure that this gets approved we're going to escalate it it is going to take 48 hours for it to be escalated we'll give you a call back or you can give us a call back to check on the status of that that's something that you can tell them that you know they can call back in for but if their phone is not working and it needs to be troubleshooted it needs to be fixed 
You need to be on top of it. And I'm going to get in trouble for that. I didn't like that. Trust me, my team was good. My supervisor was good. My manager was good. Um, and if Consumer Cellular is still spying on my live streams and my videos, I mean, I don't work for the company anymore, and I'm pretty sure I'll never be able to work for them again after the things I've said. But I just want to say that at least, you know, my supervisor, my manager did all that they can to back me. They really did have my back through a lot of it, and I will always appreciate them for that. My teammates that I was on, they were all amazing. I know they just recently broke up the teams. Every year, they re, you know, they they uh, they do a shift bid, and people switch shifts. And when you switch shifts, you end up on a different supervisor. You end up on a different team, so it scrambles around. So everyone gets to mingle with everybody throughout the years. If you work for them for years, you'll get to know people as you cycle through different teams based upon the the shift that you took. Some people are on ten hour shifts for of uh, four days three off some people are on eight hour shifts five days two off um it's a very different very very different thing but you know it was a great place to work as far as like you know employee morale it's just business practices were sometimes off <laughs> you know they would they, i mean if you're gonna tell people like your unlimited plan is 50 bucks Stop breaking it down to $14.50 for unlimited talk and text and then 35 something or whatever for the unlimited data. Like, just put it all together because you're just confusing them. And I feel like that that deceives a lot of customers. And then, you know, if there's if there's some next level messery hap happening, it's harder for the customer to pinpoint it because you've just done broke it down in full detail. Sometimes a bill in full detail will not explain it or you can hide things in it. So was working for uh, giving me chest pains. I was getting stressed out a lot. Like I, like to be honest with you, working there because the way that the way that other management and and uh, human resources had treated me. I guess I had really stressed myself out because I didn't have job security. Like they would always tell me, like we're not gonna fire you for being sick, but then they would always like pick on me for for being for being sick and i'm like yeah right like i couldn't trust them and um so that uh the constant um you're not doing your calls right you're not doing your greeting right you know because i wasn't doing their greeting i had my own and it wasn't bad and it still hit all the points that they wanted in an opening statement when you answered a call announcing you were a rep with the consumer cellular so that was always said um giving them your first name uh, and then uh, you would always ask them how, uh, well, they always wanted, uh, you know, how can I help you? I always felt that was a little bit dead and bland. So I would always say like, you know, how may I assist you? Like being an assistance to them. Um, of course, consumer cellular has been hacked. There have been customers accounts that have been, um, you know, SIM swapped, uh, phone lines have been hijacked and stuff like that. So they, um, they had to redo how the security process goes as far as like validating a customer on the phone it used to be at least three to four key pieces of information that only the customer would know but now since the fcc stepped in on that again it's converted back to a um a code that needs to be given to the rep no matter what otherwise they can't open an account and, and service the customer for anything other than general questions Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of them are like that. So, 
Yeah, since I, since I since I haven't been working for Consumer Cellular, I've my stress levels have gone down quite a bit. I just been hanging out with my kids and just you know, like my son and I, we you know I play toys with him. I don't care what anyone says. I will sit down. He'll hand me like you know knuckles from his uh, Sonic the Hedgehog toys, and we'll sit and have an imagination and play. He'll let me um, like I don't know if you guys know the name of Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails' airplane. It's called the Tornado, but like. He'll let me play with that, and we'll fly around my room with it, and um, we'll have fun playing. Um, I'll hang out with my my uh, my oldest daughter, and she'll ask me questions about life, you know, because she's she's going into her adolescent phase, and I will answer them truthfully and honestly about things. My youngest daughter likes playing games, and lately she got into shock because she was like, "Dad, I really wish for one time you'll just play Super Smash Bros. with me." Well, I'm like, "Okay," so I get on the game. And, um, you know, she's just like, I'll take it easy on you. And I told her, no, don't take it easy on me. Go at, go at it. But, and so, like, we played, uh, I think, three rounds. Uh, the first round I played, well, the first two rounds I played as Link. Um, and then the third round I played it as Cloud from Final Fantasy. And all three rounds I beat her. And then she found out that, you know, just because I don't play games all the time, every day, much less play Super Smash Bros. And I would tell her, you know, it's pretty much the concept of like, you know, um, player versus player battle games. It's like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Once you get the, the basics down of like of like the movement and stuff, you, you can seriously come up with combinations and attacks. I was like, that's years from playing. That's years from going to the video arcade and playing against random strangers. And you really have to win your round because you don't want to waste 50 cents a video game. We would play games like, you know, Marvel Superheroes, um, X-Men versus Street Fighter. Um, what's the other one? X-Men Children of Adam, I think it is. That fighting game. Um, but yeah, there were like all types of the different combat games. Tekken, Virtual Fighter, Street Fighter, um, Killer Instinct. Yeah. Well, right now, um, I am actually going to be doing something else. Um, I'm just waiting for word back. So all, all my documentations that I needed to submit to the company are in. And I'm waiting in for, you know, like the stuff that they got to do in order processing a new uh, new employee and then also be given a start date and when we start training and stuff. But I'm actually like, I've been looking for like stuff that's like remote from homework where I could be here at home working and be here when my kids get home from school the the way that society is today and how it's trying to push where both parents have to be at a job which means that both parents are not in the home which means that your kids could be conditioned to believe structures that maybe you don't believe in and, and the values that you don't want instilled in your kids because i'm all about you know what parents raise their kids how they want to raise them i shouldn't be able to tell anybody how these are kids vice versa Nobody should be able to be to me how to raise mine. Because maybe our core values aren't, aren't the same, or maybe we're in disagreement of our core values. But just because we disagree on our core values doesn't mean that yours needs to be instilled into my kids. You know, people are responsible for what they raise. And so one of us has to be home. And my wife cannot work remotely. Not when she is an assistant supervisor at her store. She can't take that job and work from at home. My skills of customer service and and um, 
you know, just the different uh, softwares that I've used on, on computers and stuff like that. I can work from home. So initially, um, initially with this, with this, um, this job, it's basically through chat. So I'll be like a chat rep and yeah. And then that I don't have plans to try and grow in the company or anything like that. I just want to work, make money, pay the bills, be home with my kids. It is you, you lose out on a lot. That's what, that's like my wife's biggest fight with her job. Like yesterday she was excited to be able to go on the field trip with my son as a chaperone to be able to be there with him. You know, her scheduling is scheduled is odd. Some days she works from 10 to six. Some days she works from two to, it's supposed to be from two to 10 at night, but because she's a closing manager and counting and getting all the registers clean and stuff like that. Sometimes she doesn't leave work till like 1130 at night. Some days she'll work from like six till 6 p.m. Like they'll put her on a 12 hour shift. Some days she'll work from 10 to 10 at night. You know, lately, like the hours that she's been getting, she's been getting about 47 to 55 hours a week. Um, which, you know, she, she, does, she doesn't mind that when payday comes because she sees how much she's paid, you know, because of the overtime, but it's also causing her body to be very tired. Yeah. And so like, yeah, for me, I'm going to be working from home, doing remote work and then being able to be home for my kids and be able, you know, cause I screwed myself when I, when I cooked steak for my wife one time. And then now the only time that we'll have steak for dinner is if I'm cooking it. And then I made other things like homemade Salisbury steak. Um, so like I, I use like a mixture of ground pork and ground beef, like 20% ground pork and 80% ground beef with um fresh cut chopped veggies i'll throw in in the patty mix so like chopped carrots uh some you know white onions um and a little bit of a garlic powder like maybe a chopped up minced of garlic thrown in there just a little bit just to add on some paprika for a little bit of spice and heat and i would you know a couple of cracked eggs inside there to bind it and I would put that mixture into the refrigerator for it to kind of get a little, you know, just a, a little solid. So when I bring it out after about like a half an hour to an hour in the fridge, I can mold them into patties and then start uh, cooking them and, you know, making my own brown gravy. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. So, yeah, that um, red coconut Thai chicken curry, I make that. So, like, my wife likes it that I cook. So then working from home allows me to be able to cook dinner so that there's a hot meal for her when she gets home from work yeah it is it's, it's a lot of hours you are not lying gene it is a lot of hours and it's a lot of hours and especially for her because she's on her feet most of the time and um while she has to count the safe and balance the tills um she also has to give uh, the customer service department a um, their first their first breaks, last break, and their lunch break, and then she has to give breaks to all her cashiers. And she usually doesn't take a lunch; she doesn't have time to because by the time that it's even time for her to go take a lunch, she can't because somebody else is is called in or somebody else needs to go to break, and so she's got to give them a break. So. Yeah, she works pretty hard and then she's always on her feet. I think uh, for a time when she was like, for a week and a half, she was doing 11 hour shifts. And it caused her to have pain in her foot that like, 
if she was walking around, she'd be fine. But then if she like walked for like maybe six hours all day in her store on her feet, putting um, what they call go backs, which are the stuff that the customer said, I don't want anymore. And they fill up that cart with all the, the products. If it, if it if it has to be written off as a waste, like frozen foods and dairy products and stuff that gets tossed away. But if it's stuff like, you know, a box of goldfish crackers or any of that, those are go backs. And so she would go and do the go backs and run up and handle an irate customer who's mad because they wanted a sale that was specifically said you had to download the app to get that coupon and they don't want to download any app and it's like they want to argue and fight and scream at her she deals with all that stuff so she'll be up maybe like six seven hours she'll go on her first break she'll sit down for 15 minutes and when she gets back up from sitting down she's got this really bad pain that makes her like when she walks she's hunched over it's hurting her um so yeah, she has appointments with a podiatrist to kind of like take a look at that. But yeah, she she works very, very hard. Yeah. Um, so I know that she know that, that she she is up for vacation. It's just the downside to it is that I don't think I'm able to go see my dad just because of the way that things are and how expensive things are. I can't, I can't spend that kind of money to go, you know, renting a vehicle is like super expensive. You know, um, a lot of things have gone up in price. You got to factor in gas, food, uh, the hotel stays not so bad. Um, cause my dad was actually going to set it up to where we would stay on, on the air force base in the lodging. I think it's like $78 a day and it's not, it's not like a hotel room. It's, it's uh, actual military housing. It's like a house and you would stay in there. It's like $78 a day. Um, so yeah, I want to be able to like, with the way that car rental companies are, I want to be able to do it. Yeah, he can come see me, but um, never looking forward to me going out that way because um, my dad's brother, my uncle, lived in the same town too. He just recently moved there not that long ago, and um, my dad's like, your uncle's got a bunch of tech stuff that you know you could probably help him out with at his house, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know family uh tech support at your service uh, so, so you know I, want, I wanted to go help my uncle and figure out what was going on with what whatever he had questions about and to be able to show him things but now i'm not going to be able to um shout out to uh b tech review i got the uh, pixel 6a from him and he's gonna after the royal rumble he's gonna ship it to my dad so my dad is still gonna get his upgrade phone uh, i just won't be there but my dad is he's pretty knowledgeable in google pixels so, um, you know, he had the Pixel 3 for a while. I upgraded him to the Pixel 4a, and he's been using that for the last two years. And now he's going to the Pixel 6a. And uh, as my stepmom, um, she upgraded her phone last year. And I want to say she's on the S22 Ultra. I could be wrong. Yeah, so it's time for my dad to get, get a new phone. Because he's on the Pixel 4a. My dad is not the type of guy that wants to upgrade for every little new thing. So 5G doesn't matter to him, especially in Altus. Altus, I don't even think has 5G rolled out there. Um, I think they have like the like T-Mobile's low band 5G, but like on the AT&T and Verizon side, uh, no. Because every time I go out there, it's LTE access only, but still good access though. Um, AT&T does great out there. On LTE, I could probably pull maybe like 250 on the down, maybe about like 60 on the up. Um, I've, I've heard that too, Gene. And it's, you know what, it's, it's all, it's, it's all these things, right? 
you know, this like um, the way that, that we've been conditioned throughout life on how to be, right? Most people, you know, like if the government, if the government was to announce that everyone's getting $5,000 a month for free from the government, everyone would quit their job. They would just go home and collect $5,000 and do nothing. Oh yeah, it's tonight. Why do I keep thinking it's tomorrow? It is tonight. That means my wife will get to watch the Royal Rumble. She was sad. I kept telling her it's Sunday because remember pay-per-views always used to be on Sundays. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be Sunday. And um, tomorrow she works from 2 to 10. So she was like, I won't be able to watch it, but it's tonight. Yeah, 7 p.m. is, is, is uh, the Easter uh, pre-show. Yeah, not a newer Pixel. He's getting the Pixel 6a. My dad likes the A series. He doesn't like glass phones just because, you know, um, he just doesn't want a phone to fall and crack on the back. You know, when my dad gets a new phone, my stepmom goes on uh, on Amazon and she orders screen protectors. She orders cases for him to keep stuff protected. But my dad doesn't trust cases 100%. So, like, the Pixel 6a being um, polycarbonate with a shiny gloss back to it gives him that, that glass feeling. Um, but he knows it's plastic, so he's not worried about it. Uh, I think the only thing that I know that my dad will probably call me and say, like, he doesn't like about the phone is the in-display fingerprint sensor. Just because, you know, it's in display and, like, with uh, the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6a, it was a little finicky. Um, but, yeah. No, um, I'm going to have him go with the 6a. Instead of waiting on, on the 7A, just because, um, yeah, it's, it's time for him to upgrade. Yeah, he, he likes the Google Pixel phones. The, the reason that he likes the Google Pixel phones because he knows how to de Googleize them. <laughs> My dad does not use any of the Google services unless it's necessary. So, like, uh, you know, like Gmail and stuff like that, he'll use that. He doesn't use the Chrome browser, he uses DuckDuckGo. Um, yeah, so, but it, that's the thing about it though, is like, it's, it's not bound. It's not bound down to use specific services. You can, you can use whatever you want on a Google pixel. He even knows that there's a way to flash a custom ROM that completely de-Googleizes the pixel phone and uses his other things in place of it. So, um, yeah, I know he's going to enjoy that phone and. Uh, I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to be there to like, you know, talk to him about it. But me and my dad, we do utilize video calling quite a bit. So when we call each other, unless he's driving on the road, we'll talk during a video call. And so it's like as if I am there, even though I'm not physically there. So I'll be able to like talk to him. But he already knows a lot about the Pixel 6a. It's very similar to the Pixel 6, except for, you know, build quality and and, um, and the, the height of the design. And I talk to my dad about tech a lot. Like, and when my dad has tech questions, he calls me a lot. And then I give him the, the overlong explanation answers, which I'm surprised he doesn't tell me, he just put it in layman's term. He'll listen to like me ramble for 15 minutes about one specific thing. But like, you know, and, and my dad, you know, he's not, um, he is tech savvy in the old school way because my dad was an electrician in the air force as well as a hydraulic maintenance that's what his job was that was his mos you know he uh he worked on the the c5s um 
he was he was uh, the electrician on the C5s. So all the electrical components and the instruments, my dad was the one who checked them and um, and serviced them. Uh, when he was working on the uh, KC-130s, he was hydraulics, uh, hydraulics maintenance. So he worked on a hydraulic system on those and also on the C-17s. So that was my dad's MOS. So as far as when it comes to like electronics and stuff, my dad is very familiar with it. He knows what they are. Um, so it's not really, it, it, you know, I don't, it doesn't take me a lot to explain to him about the phones and the intricate parts of it. He knows what they do. Yeah. So he'll, he'll enjoy that, that uh, Pixel 6a. And then he'll upgrade to the Pixel 8a or the 9a. My dad likes to hold on to these phones for a while. Yeah, so he'll have a device that has the very first generation of the Tensor chip, which I think is cool. My dad is keeping my my Pixel XL safe. Like I gave him my Pixel XL with the box and everything, and he still has it. Now, don't don't get rid of it and don't give it away, because uh, yeah, that's like the I have I have the smaller Pixel one. He has the Pixel XL. The GN1 only had one year of optimization. I've noticed that. That's like the one thing I'll agree with you there. There is there is still a level of inconsistencies when it comes to the Google Pixels. There really is still an inconsistency with that. Um, because my brother still can't connect to Wi-Fi on his Pixel 6a. And he's taken recent updates and hoping that the security patches fixes it. And it hasn't. It hasn't fixed it at all. So I, I believe he sent his phone out, or he's waiting for his replacement phone to send his phone out. Other people have told me that their Bluetooth broke with the latest January security patch. It hasn't happened to me. My Pixel 7 and my Pixel 6, both, the Bluetooth still works. And on the Pixel 5, it still works too. So um, nothing broken on my end with the security patches. But see, there, there's still a level of inconsistencies. When you have to take the social media, like I see this on Twitter a lot, people say this. But if you have to take the social media and you say, I don't update, I don't take the security update until like a week later after it's been out. That's pretty sad. You should have faith in that the next software update to your phone is going to improve your phone, not, not destroy it. So Google needs to, to get down on that. But then again, even Apple is, you know, um, guilty of that lately. Apple was like the standard of like doing it right. I don't know what happened to Apple in the last three years. But even Apple's are getting, even Apple's, even Apple's iPhones are getting plagued with issues and Samsung as well. Like nowadays, it seems like that quality control is just almost dropped by like 50% subpar, subpar quality control these days. So yeah, um, but yeah, you know, my dad will enjoy that Pixel 6a. Um, I still give a shout out to B-Tech Reviews. I know he takes care of the phone and everything like that. So that's going to go to my dad. He has uh, the address, so he's going to ship it out Monday to my dad. So my dad should probably get it by the end of next week. The N200 has had Android 12. My 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 OnePlus N two hundred has had Android twelve since 
if you look through my my library of videos the video i forgot what date it was but the video where i show you the guys that i got the oneplus n200 it already had android 12 on it i, I was like thinking you were gonna say android 13 i was gonna be like oh i gotta go up, update that phone but no um oneplus is cool and everything like that there's a guy here that sells a lot of these phones at a pretty decent price uh, sometimes he price gouges and i don't like that uh i was recently looking at the oneplus 9 pro i really like that design of the phone i know i know the oneplus 10 is out but uh oxygen 12 and android 12. Uh, but yeah i really like the, the oneplus 9 pro and so um, he has one fully unlocked it's the purple color and he's selling it for 350. and i'm like dang if he just drops it by another 50 bucks it's probably a go my limit on buying another phone, if, if I decide to buy one this month or next month, is 300 I won't go no more than 300 because that's like tapping into other things. There are other things set aside that I want to do. Like, I'm not able to, to travel that far out to my dad, but I am able to travel five hours to Vegas. So probably next month, my family is just going to take a, a small, maybe three-day trip to Las Vegas and hang out in Vegas for three days. And, you know, just to kind of get away and just to kind of like walk around and be tourists and check out my kids um so we are still going on a family vacation it's just not going to oklahoma like to drive from here to oklahoma is like um 16 17 hours you know to drive to vegas from here is like uh five hours five hours is manageable we were gonna fly to oklahoma but the it's weird like plane tickets flying from phoenix to oklahoma city you know it's pretty pricey but like if i was to go to hawaii <laughs> round trip tickets to hawaii per person is like 418 dollars to 516 dollars depending on what day you choose to go um <laughs> and i was like that's manageable i could do that but hawaii is very pricey so i'm not gonna do that Latrell's going there on February 20th. Is he going to the Toyota Corolla convention? It'll probably be about the same time, like around the end of February that we go. So, um, but yeah, if he's there in that time, then he's there. But like, I'm going up there. Uh, the family's going to go up there and uh, we're just going to hang out for like maybe three or four, maybe a week. Maybe a whole week we'll be up there. I still gotta like talk with the, my wife about it i know that's what she wants to do like we are taking a trip out of phoenix this year to get away from the city like i just need to get away from all the madness here the traffic people drive um the mentality all that stuff i just need to get away and i know like going from one city to another city is not really getting out of the city but to me it is vegas has a different atmosphere and it's just not i'm not hounded like sometimes you just gotta get you just gotta get away from your normal environment and be placed in a different environment to have a different perspective and a different thing go through you he's gonna be there from the 20 to the 20th to the 23rd okay well if i happen to be there then i'm going to present him with a giant size cardboard of a toyota corolla cutout his favorite car in the world he denies it to everybody but those close to him know the truth. He be loving those Corollas. Oh, he wants to go where um 
where Ricky then went because I was watching Ricky's live stream when he went to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's gonna be fun because like um went to the Grand Canyon on the South Rim. So yeah, one of those days, I mean, if I'm there around the same time and he's there, one of those days, if, uh, you, if, you know, the three of us go out that way, yeah, I, I can I can take a moment away from the family and go and do my own thing. Because if you, if you guys have my kids around you, my especially my oldest daughter, she's in that phase that, you know, she's like a, she's like a diva drama queen and she's loud. After like maybe 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure she'll talk y'all's heads off. <laughs> I'll spare you guys that. But like, yeah. Um, and then that's, that's what we're going to do. Like, I know one person was like, you guys should go to California, go to the beach. I would love to go to the beach. I miss the ocean. I would love to swim in the salt water. I just can't go to California. <laughs> Not after all the things that goes on over there. Like, no. So Vegas it is for me. I'll swap. I'll swap. Um a uh pull for you know i'll swap a beach for a pull any day of the week if it comes with keeping my sanity and not having to deal with that type of stuff because trust me it's a full-time job trying to navigate my kids through the world wide web so they're not influenced by all this stuff online and everything that they see it is a full-time job doing that i gotta i really gotta always consistently be on top of what my kids are doing you know, because I don't want them indoctrinated with all this this madness out here today and everything like that. Uh, was it the other day? My daughter came to me. She just discovered what a transable person is. I didn't even know this thing was real. So what I'm about to explain to you guys, hey, this uh, this is real. So now there's people who are transable. What that means is is that you could be born perfectly healthy, but if you feel like you should have been born blind, you mutilate your eyes to become blind to become disabled. And when she told me this, I kid you not, my jaw dropped. Like, wait a minute. There are real people who were born or have suffered some major incident in life that made them disabled, who would give anything to be 100% again. And you got people that will cut off their own arm to say that they've lost a limb because they felt like they're disabled and didn't have a left arm to purposely blind themselves so they can no longer see again because they feel, they feel inside they should have been blind. Like, are you serious? There's even, it was even classified as transabled when I looked this up after she told me, was that if a grown man feels like he's a baby, that he should be infantized. And then there really is a grown man in this world who hired a nanny to take care of him like he is a five-year-old because he feels like he's five. So that is scary. So does that mean that a child so that means that you know the story that my brother laughs at all the time because when we ran away from home i was uh, 15 he was 16. we were walking around waikiki and waikiki has a like a an adult show store right so they sell porn videos they have strippers inside and uh i was like i was joking around I'm like hey i'm gonna go inside so i walked up and the bouncer stopped me and he's all like hey he's like you got to be 18 to come in here and i was like okay i'm 18. he's like Nah, you got to be 21 to come in here. I was like, all right, fine, I'm 21. And then he like shoves me back into the side where he's like, you know, get the F out of here. And I was like, so does that mean that with the, with the way that Transable is today, does that mean that if I feel, if a kid feels like he's 21, he can go into, he can go to a store and buy beer? Can a seven-year-old who identifies 28 go inside and, and, and go to a strip club with his dad? 
like what is happening you know so like this is crazy how these things happen and um yeah you know like people will do what they want to do right anyone who identifies as trans able fine so be it do what you do what you do and do you but that does not need to be taught to my kids if my kids want to do that on their own when they're grown adults fine so be it in my household i run my house just like that my law my rules simple they don't pay bills they don't put the food in the house they don't buy the clothes so they don't make the decisions i do can they talk to me about my decisions of course open door policy they can always tell me how they feel if, if and, I, and i will take sometimes how they feel into consideration on things depending on what it is but i don't feel like that my kids are at that age to decide what gender they are what, what they're, they're disabled or not disabled or whatever else all that stuff is i just don't because that's why you cannot enter into a contract because here's what's going to happen in my opinion Sorry if this sounds like it's going political, but this is just me speaking and thinking logically. But if a child can feel like they're 18, 19, 20, or 21, say that their seven-year-old child can be 18, 19, 20, or 21, right? That means that I can go to said child and say, hey, I want to sell you this phone. I'll sell it to you in payments. Here's a contract. You need to sign it. You're going to be paying me $50 a month for 36 months. That kid signs it because he really wants that phone. That means that I can legally take him into court. They can't tell me, oh, he is not of sounded mind to enter into a contract. Uh-uh. Because if you're going to allow kids to be like, I identify as 23, to say that they are 23, even though they're seven years old, then if they sign a contract, they are held to the same standards of any binding contract. Can't tell me that they're not sound of mind. Because if you're going to tell me they are sound, they're not sound of mind, then they're not sound of mind to make that decision that they're 23, 24, 25 years old or what gender they are, or whatever else, right? Can't have your cake and eat it. Anyway, guys, I've been on live for about two hours now. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna go hang out with my kids. I know my daughter wants me to show her a little bit of how to navigate her laptop and also, you know, just to protect her laptop from like malware and viruses and stuff like that. So I'm gonna help her get it all set up. I'm gonna show her how she can, you know, do her live streams with her sister on their YouTube channel and whatnot and um get them all situated with that and then of course wait for my wife to get home she and i gotta go run and get chicken wings and get some pizza and uh get some uh celery sticks and carrot, like, like a little veg um you know, snack tray because the royal rumble is tonight and i am freaking ready for it s21 fan edition got the android 13 update and the january security patch nice i was thinking about getting the 21 fan edition and if that guy that's selling his for 175 does reach back to me then yes i will buy it but if he doesn't reach back to me, not buying it. Anyways, guys, uh, boom, and be safe. I will see you guys. Oh, I will talk to you guys on the live stream next weekend. I do my morning car vlogs. Um, I try to upload videos that you know I think people are interested in. And I do have a vlogging channel that I'm working on too as well. Aotito is my blogging channel where it's not tech. It's just I talk about whatever. Um, and I post semi-daily on there. Um, of course, links in the description for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I will include the Mastodon link in there later on and start including the Mastodon link for people that are on Mastodon to follow me. But if you just want to follow me, you know, just, just look up for Aloha Android. You'll find me on there. I'm in the uh, the uh, tech social hub. I'm, I'm on that server. So it's like tech social hub dot, uh, well, tech social dot hub slash Aloha or at Aloha Android is my Mastodon account. And I post there daily too as well. 
Y'all have a great weekend. I love you guys very much. Thank you guys for being here today. Peace.